The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? This week on The Atlantic Files, on episode 297, we are talking about Draymond Green getting ejected yet again and what the punishments could be. We're talking about the pandemic of ejections across the league. We're talking about Patrick Beverly asking the real questions on ESPN. And... We're bringing up a whole lot more. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Atlantic Files, where humor and vibes collide. That's the Sixers, the king of the court, jokes that hit you one more. Atlantic Division, we own the scene. Comedy, food, talk, every routine. Mike Bash, close the fish pine on the mic, making you laugh every episode. Right, game is strong, court to kitchen. We're never wrong. You know what time it is. It's time for the Atlantic Files. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast and the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host, myself, Alex Fishbein, and we do not have the other two this week week dennis clausen was downgraded from questionable to out with a with a non-covid illness um mike bash also downgraded from questionable to out for personal reasons so with that being said if you haven't subscribed on youtube yet and you're watching it right now on youtube why haven't you subscribed yet below hit subscribe hit the like button Leave me a comment and let me know what you think of the episode or if you have any opinions on anything we talk about. We love responding to it. We can respond to it next episode. You can leave us mailbag questions. We have links for that too. Or you can email us at theatlanticfiles at gmail.com. We have a lot of ways to reach us. Just letting you know that right now. But hit the bell for notifications. It lets you know when we go live. We usually go live every Tuesday night with our latest episodes, usually around 6.30 to 7 p.m. Eastern. So that's when you can catch us the most. Or if you just want to get caught up later on, we are everywhere you get your podcast. We are on Spotify, Google, Apple, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, all those types of good things. So make sure you check those out as well. Now, since it is just me this week, usually these uh, these episodes are a little shorter than most because you guys don't need to hear me rambling and ranting to myself. I don't tell good jokes to myself. My my jokes usually land better when Dennis is around or or at least Mike or somebody is around to laugh at something. So um, what I want to bring up first, we're going to get into Draymond Green. We're going to get into the ejections around the league. Um, what I want to get into first is actually the in-season tournament. Our first inaugural in-season tournament has come and gone. The very first champion has been named, and it is none other than the Los Angeles Lakers. The first ever MVP, of course, being LeBron James. So I don't necessarily agree with everybody that's saying, you know, it was fixed because it's the Lakers and it's LeBron and so on and so forth. However, I do think Anthony Davis had a bit of, I 
think I will put Anthony Davis ahead for MVP. I mean, look, Anthony Davis's performance in that in-season championship game was just ridiculous. I mean, we can't just pass over that as if it didn't happen. The man had 41 points, 20 rebounds, five assists, and four blocks. Now, LeBron also had 24, 11, four, and two steals. But we have to give Anthony Davis his flowers whenever this man is healthy and playing as well as he has. Anthony Davis has been on a tear in most of the games he's played this season. Yeah, he's had a couple stinkers here and there. We we, we know that. We've seen that. But in the in-season tournament, so just let's go with the playoffs. Quarterfinals against the Suns. He had 27 points, 15 rebounds, one assist, two blocks, no turnovers. The semifinals, they faced the Pelicans. They destroyed them. He played 31 minutes, only had to take 10 field goal attempts in that game. He finished with 16 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, two steals, and two turnovers. And in the championship game, I just told you, 41 points, 20 rebounds, five assists, four blocks, four turnovers. The Suns game, yes, he shot a lot. He shot 26 attempts and only made 38.5% of them. Shot 50% against the Pelicans. Shot 66.7% against the Pacers. Hit over 70% of his threes, or threes, sorry, free throws um, until that Pacers game. He was 9 of 13 in the Pacers game. I do think that Anthony Davis has a very, very strong case to be the in-season tournament MVP. Am I mad about the fact that LeBron won it? No, it's LeBron. I mean, we got to be real with ourselves here and know that LeBron is, if you don't have him as the best player ever, he's one of the top two to three best players ever. Should be top two. I like. I still have him top two. My, my nostalgia and everything will still have Michael Jordan as number one, but... You know, it's neither here nor there. It really isn't that. It really isn't that deep. But LeBron's case, uh, let's just, you know, for um, in-season tournament playoff purposes against Phoenix, he had 31 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, 5 steals. Against the Pelicans, he had 30 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. And against the Pacers, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. His defense was very good for most for the most part in those playoff games. Um, he also had solid in-season tournament games throughout the uh, group play. They played the Suns in the group play as well. He had 32, 11, and 6. They played the Trailblazers. They had 35, 9, and 5. Utah, he had 17, 9, and 7. Um, he, he played very well throughout Oh, and Memphis was the other one. He had 16, 6, and 9. So, yeah, he played very well throughout the whole in-season tournament. So did Anthony Davis. So did the Los Angeles Lakers, and that's why they have won the whole thing. Now, the next debate for this whole in-season tournament. 
do does everyone I, I want you guys to respond so on spotify if you go to the episode page and everything you can vote on polls and things like that we're gonna have a poll there we're gonna have a poll on youtube like you can have the little community posts on youtube we're gonna have that on our youtube page and everything and we will put one out on probably threads uh if you're not on threads i'm on there at that kid fish so threads is is really popping off these days um we're gonna put you know stuff on there too should teams hang banners for the in-season tournament? Now, there was talk that the Lakers are going to hang a banner. I don't know when that's going to be. I don't think I saw that where I read that they were going to hang one, but a lot of people are talking um, down on the team and the franchise for hanging a banner for this. Now, the thing is, these types of additions to sports leagues and things like that usually don't catch on unless everybody plays a part in making it important and making something out of it. Now, if you have teams that aren't making anything out of these, like these in-season tournament games, then this would have been a ginormous flop. However, there, uh, LeBron was asked about it. Anthony Davis was asked about it. Halliburton, um, even like Damian Lillard and Giannis and all sorts of people. There wasn't a single player that said anything really bad about the in-season tournament all the players seem to enjoy the step up in terms of competitiveness all the players seem to enjoy the atmosphere around the games themselves um Halliburton talked about it being sort of like the playoffs not exactly the all the way to the intensity of the playoffs but sort of like a one notch below that and he said he enjoyed it and wants to get a taste more of the playoffs to get a t more um, to get a bigger taste of that atmosphere and those types of big games. And of course, that's something you always want to hear from your star young point guard that's turning into one of the superstars in the league. So that alone coming from the in-season tournament, I think, is a win for Adam Silver and a win for the NBA in general. And on top of that, I think that it is. I mean, overall, I think it's a win for the NBA because we saw the fanfare and everything that went into it. Everyone enjoyed, especially the playoff games. Um, a lot of teams were really hustling their asses off. Even in group play, we saw teams play till the final whistle because they wanted to get that point differential um, bumped up there. Adam Silver went on, I believe it was the Pat McAfee show, and said that they might have to look into changing how they do the tiebreakers because some players were complaining about the point differential way of, of doing it. And to me, I just think, look, the whole unwritten rules of basketball and you bring up the unwritten rules of like baseball and all these sorts of unwritten rules. It all comes down to the fact like, don't be a bitch. If you ask me, just don't be a bitch. If someone wants to play to the final whistle and they want to run up the score, how about you stop being ass and don't get the score run up on you? I mean, there's really like to me, if you're losing by that much and you get mad that someone hits a three at the end of the game or they push for a layup or they push for some extra points at the end of the game, you're just mad that you got your ass kicked. That's really what it comes down to. Now, sportsmanship and everything, once the game is over, yes, you should handle your win with, with humbleness and 
you know, class, you should handle your loss with humbleness in class. But that by no means should have a factor in if you decide to score at the end of the game or not. And for all those who are like, oh, he must not play ball. I played basketball for a long time in my life. And I still believe that I've gotten mad too when I lost. I, I, I'm one of those people that hates losing more than they like winning. And I still believe that if a team runs up the score on my team, we should have just played better. We should not have been ass. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. So I don't think they should redo these rules. I think the point differential and everything is perfectly fine. I don't think there's a big issue with that being the tie-breaking deciding factor. Um, And overall, I think the in-season tournament was as good of, as, as big of a success as it could have been in its first season. There's still plenty of debate whether people like it, they don't like it, whether it carries weight, whether it doesn't carry weight, whether now that adds to LeBron's resume or it doesn't add to his resume, but that is neither here nor there. What matters is the fact that they are boosting ratings for games randomly in December and November. Notoriously, the season gets a good bit of viewership in the first few weeks because it's a brand new season. Everyone wants to see their team. Everyone wants to see the first few games and how new players might look on their team or uh, guys they drafted and rookies and things like that, how they look and how they're developing. But then it starts to hit a lull usually in November and then into December, January. Then all-star break hits and everyone wants to complain about the all-star break because it's really not that entertaining anymore. And now you're finally into games that matter a little bit more because you're getting closer to the playoffs and then the playoffs hit and everyone's happy. again. So the fact that this game was getting the hype, it got the fact that, you know, the courts might've been ugly as all hell, but it made you stop and look at the TV screen because you're like, what is on the TV right now? The fact that these players were hustling and everything, and they were busting their ass to win the fact that, it was talked about over and over and over again on every single media outlet, website, Twitter page, Instagram post, TikTok. Everyone talked about the in-season tournament. They gave all of their opinions on the in-season tournament. If people truly didn't care about it, you wouldn't be hearing much about it. So all in all, I think it's a big win. I think we will see this for many years to come. Adam Silver Say what you want about how he handles, you know, player suspensions and things like that, which can get better. He has brought a lot of good ideas. I enjoy the play in games. I think those are very high drama games that can get a team into the playoffs that might not have made it there in the first place. And I think those do really well uh, ever since those have been added. Um, This in-season tournament, I think it's fun. Am I going to hope my team wins an in-season tournament and then be fine that they don't win the NBA Finals? Probably not. I don't think that'll ever really be the case. But it at least injects some fun into the season. So, as I was talking about suspensions and everything like that, we get into Draymond Green. Oh, boy. Draymond Green... Uh, man, I don't even know what to say at this point. I will bring up, for those who might not have seen it, I'll bring up the uh, 
what happened here. Let's bring up the clip for those watching on YouTube. Sheer suspension knocked him out for five of those consecutively, but that swap right there, I mean, that's that's pretty clear. I think Draymond may be right that he got fouled first. And had they made the call, you can see Nurkic wrapping him up. Should have been a foul call on Nurkic. The fact that the announcers are even saying should have been a foul call on Nurkic. Look, Nurkic was not holding on to Draymond so, like, strong or, or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know the right word for that. He wasn't holding on to him that much to evoke Draymond to do that. Like, there's just no way. And the fact that he flopped that hard and then connected with his face because of it, that that should be two separate suspensions. First off, you flopped so bad that your arms, legs, hands, everything just went everywhere. Like, we're talking about the same guy that flailed his legs and stuff after he stepped on a guy on the ground that flailed his legs so much that he kicks people in the nuts at what point do we finally say that he's not just flailing for a flop that he's disguising it as a flop but actually trying to hit people like and the fact that he brings up at the after all of this and says Oh, if I like if I meant it, I wouldn't have apologized because he says like, oh, I apologize to, to Nurkic. And then and the same scope. Meaning. He does not care about what he did to Rudy Gobert, like he, he'll choke him out again if he has to. But then he, he says, oh, I was trying to flop, even though we're now seeing you get technicals for flopping. Teams get free throws and everything if a player is deemed to flop. So you're saying, oh, guys, like, don't suspend me. I was just trying to flop, which is punishable by technical foul. And if you get enough technical fouls, then you get suspended a game anyway. But also, oh, if I meant it, I wouldn't be apologizing for it, meaning you meant to choke out Rudy Gobert which, I mean, is evident by the way you did it anyway, but how long are we just going to deal with Draymond Green's, like, uh, punching people, kicking people, stomping people? There there really hasn't been, if anybody, like, and, like uh, I can't even think of that many people that did this in the league of all time. Even in the tough 80s and 90s and 70s or whatever you want to say it uh, people swung and everything like there's that famous picture of dr j and larry bird like having each other in a chokehold ready to swing at each other there's malice at the palace all that kind of stuff but draymond has done this so many times at some point we have to ask like like what do you have to do to get draymond to not do bullshit like this because he's been suspended for some games and he still continues to do this. And that, by the way, this is what Nurkic had to say in the post game press conference after the fact. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was behind the play. <laughs> I don't think what's going on with him, I don't know. Personally, I feel like 
that brother needed help. I'm glad he not tried to choke me, but at the same time, it had nothing to do with basketball, man. Like, I'm just out there trying to play basketball, you know, they're swinging. I think we saw that often, but um, hopefully, you know, whatever he got in his life, he get better. So. First off, I don't know how nobody laughed when he talked about, I'm thankful he didn't try to choke me. If I was in that media scrum or if I was Devin Booker, I would have at least chuckled because, I mean, that was a good callback. But it's true. Like, does, like, is Draymond, you know, hitting a level in his career where he's kind of upset that he's, you know, regressing in his career? So he's taking it out on people is like obviously all of this is speculation and i'm not trying to put anything on draymond that isn't necessarily you know accurate i mean yes i went i just got done saying how he's doing all these things and being violent and swinging on people but like that's with like hard evidence we've seen all of that now when Nurkic says like i don't know if he's okay and you know maybe there's something going on that kind of stuff it, you know, you turn to get into murky waters. You can't just try to um, put like mental issues on anybody. You can't try and say like, oh, they must be going through something because, you know, some people are the way they are. Some people do lash out that way. If something's going on, you never know what exactly is happening is really the main factor of all of this. But as I said, at some point you have to ask, what will tell Draymond that enough is enough with this kind of bullshit? I like, I would love to hear it from Draymond himself. He like, he always says like, I'm going to be me. And we know that like Draymond is unapologetically himself, which don't get me wrong. I do believe in that type of thing. I do believe everyone should be themselves. And you shouldn't have to be put in a certain box that you don't fit in. But when it comes to harming other people, I think you have to be a little, you have to give some wiggle room here. Like still be yourself, but maybe just don't hit people. Don't throw your limbs wildly around in the air and hit somebody in the face. Don't kick somebody in the nuts. Don't choke somebody out. Don't stomp on somebody while they're on the ground. I mean, I, I feel as though you can still be yourself without doing all of that. And I think it was pretty funny when after the whole choke thing, everyone started talking about how when Steph's not in the game, he doesn't care. He's like, oh, we're going to lose anyway. So he just tries to do some wild shit. I, that is something to me that's very believable. And a lot of people can deny it. He can deny it. He can say what he wants. But like, I'm not sitting here saying it's 100% true, but I'm saying it's 100% believable. And if that's the case, if that kind of thing is believable, that says a lot about you. And so I just, I don't, I personally believe he should be suspended at least four to five games just because like, if this was the first time, maybe second time that he's ever done this, then I'd be like, all right, I don't think he should be suspended, but maybe, you know, the ejection is is fair. I mean, the ejection is fair no matter what, but 
the fact that it keeps happening time and time again, the suspension is warranted. It just is. And so, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, four to five games is not is not a harsh punishment for this. I wouldn't even be surprised if he gets suspended for more than that. So I guess we'll see. But speaking of ejections, they've been going rampant around the league. They have, uh, I mean, we've been seeing players, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, but the refs are just going crazy this season. It just seems as though the refs are very quick to give technicals, they're very quick to throw people out. And it's not even from very, like, egregious things. Uh, we saw just last night, we're recording this on a Wednesday, so it was Tuesday night. Uh, maybe it was Monday night. I forget which night it, it happened, but Jokic gets ejected just for telling the ref to call the fucking foul. Jalen Brown gets ejected for arguing with a ref. Uh, we saw Chris Paul at the whole Scott, Scott Foster thing. Trey Young gets ejected for disagreeing with a ref. I mean, I don't ever remember seeing players get ejected for, like, even if they were arguing or chirping with the ref for an entire game. I might see him get a tech, but I've never seen them get ejected, especially as quickly as they have been lately, just for disagreeing with calls or asking to get calls or whatever it may be. I have not seen that so fast and so often in a season ever. I mean, there are guys that are notorious for, for whining and everything to rest. Take Luka Doncic. He's, he's, he's earned that reputation that he talks to refs and complains to refs and so on and so forth. And he really hasn't been ejected much for it. Um, even hell, we just talked about him. Draymond Green. Always, always complains and talks to refs throughout his entire career. The things he gets ejected for are usually fair things to get ejected for. Like, slapping or punching someone in the face but like why are we ejecting guys now just because they're arguing calls like here i'm gonna bring up some clips here again also by the way if you don't watch on youtube if you're on spotify we put our videos on spotify as well so you can watch our video podcast on there too but here's Jokic after the game that he got ejected in on i forget if that was monday or tuesday but Here's what he had to say. Nicola, can you explain what happened there to get ejected? No, uh, it is what it is. I'm just happy that we didn't play in Serbia this game. It's going to be really fun to see how it ended. You know, so it was interesting, you know. It is what it is. Some guys can say whatever. I think sometimes what I said is not even a technical. So it is what it is. Did you ask him? Hey, did where did I cross the line here? Did you say anything? To that? No, I crossed the line, but sometimes that that war doesn't cross the line. So it is what it is. Were you frustrated about the no call on the other end? I think, you know, it is what it is, so I don't want to get uh, my mind like my money, so I'm not going to say whatever. Are you concerned at all, Nicole? Because this is the second time in three weeks that it's happened. I don't know. We won the both the games, so maybe that's, that's the key. Maybe that's the way to go. I mean, 
first off, I, I don't blame him. I, I would like my money too. I'm not trying to get fined just because I'm complaining about refs not doing their job very well. But from what I've seen reported on Twitter and reported on um, a, a couple different sites is that he said to the ref, call the fucking foul. And if everyone got ejected or even a technical for using the F word, I think we'd be sitting there for hours watching technical free throws, players get ejected, and it would be one-on-one. -on -one. Like, there's no way that players don't use the F word all the time, especially when it comes to fouls they should have been called or fouls that should not have been called. But you can see every coach, player, fan, literally everybody, even the probably even the ball boy and the, the people that come and clean up the sweat on the floor. And you're ejecting the two-time MVP, finals MVP, reigning champ. You're ejecting him for just saying, call the fucking foul. Like, you have to be mentally soft as Charmin to eject a guy for that. That, that. Like, that's just, that should never happen. And when it comes to people talking about how refs should have to give press conferences and things like that, it's starting to get to the point where it kind of feels like they might. Now, let me get to the Jalen Brown ejection. Let's, let's bring this. It looked like, for me, it was a foul, right? I mean, actually, it's a bad angle. It didn't look that bad. Oh, he's saying same call on the other end. Yeah. You know, he's blowing, he's blowing up screens. They just booted him from the bench. Come on. You got to leave in a timely manner, us. on the bench no one no one he's not in your face he's not stepping to you like i don't know you gotta play you gotta throw him out like that like come on he was on the bench he wasn't even in the game anymore and you call a tech and inject him from the game when he's sitting on the bench obviously he's still gonna be upset about it because you just called him for a foul that happened the same exact way on the other end of the court that you didn't call. Any any competitor, any especially basketball player, is going to be upset at that. Like, tell me the Chiefs wouldn't have been mad if they didn't call an offsides on one of the opposing wide receivers, but they called the offsides on Kadarius Tony. Obviously, the other players are going to get mad. But now you want to eject him when he's on the bench? Like, that's just stupid. And not just that, but this is one of the top players in the game. So now the people who traveled here to come watch the game have to watch one of the best players, maybe one of their favorite players, be ejected for bullshit. Like, you could lip read pretty easily that Jalen Brown was saying himself that this is bullshit because it is this kind of ejection is dumb was it a foul there was a there was some contact there yes it probably was a foul but after watching the game yes the same exact play happened 
just a little bit prior on the other side of the floor, and it was not called. So where's the line? Are you going to call that play, or are you not going to call that play? The thing is, the, the number one rule is be consistent. If you call it, call it. If you're not, then don't. Don't call one thing for one team and the other thing for the other team. That is the most frustrating thing as a fan or player or coach. Just be consistent. Now, let's bring up Trey Young's ejection. Well, that's a lot of content. That's a reach in. Ups. It got hit him in the face. Come on. That is clearly a foul on Peyton Watson. Man, that's not even debatable. Brown with his fifth foul. Well, that's a great replay, guys. Just shows the reason for Trey's frustration. Now, technical foul on Trey Young. This guy's done it again. Brett Haskell. What is going on? Quinn's out on the floor. And now Quinn just got a technical foul. Oh, my. They probably banged Quinn for coming out on the floor. Now, that's just horrible officiating. I mean, you know what? Sometimes you just got to let them play. And Quinn just got thrown out of the game. See, that's unnecessary in my opinion, Bob. You got to let these guys play. Trey Young may be next. Or it was Trey. Trey got thrown out. Two techs on Trey. So three technicals to be shot. Just ridiculous. I mean, Trey, don't get me wrong, was disagreeing with the ref came back to the ref, walked away, came back to the ref again. But then he was looked like he was talking to his team. Maybe he was saying something under his breath, but just not saying it towards... Oh, excuse me. But just maybe not saying it towards the ref or something. I don't know. I couldn't hear exactly what was said. However, it looked like he was talking towards his team, whatever it may be. And then he gets the tech. And then Quinn Snyder tries to come out and ask, what did he do? He even, you could read his lips too, and he, he makes the gesture and says, what did he do? But just because he came out on the court a little too far, he gets a tech as well. So now we're handing out techs all over the place in the matter of 30 seconds because someone got their feelings hurt. And then in the process, Trey Young is saying, look at you. He just said, like, the one you can see, he said, look at you. Because, look, for all those... For those who know, no. When when someone starts saying, look at you, it's because you're upset. You're upset, and we're letting you know that we know you're upset. When somebody starts saying, man, look at you. Oh, they know. They got you. They know. So the fact that Trey Young knows you're in your feels, now... You're real butthurt, and you're like, I got to throw him out. I got no other choice. Come on. This is terrible. Stop with these stupid-ass ejections. And 
the the examples we just brought up here, Jokic, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, all star players for their team. If not the highest, one of the two highest player paid players on the team. And we're getting all soft and throwing guys out that are the most entertaining pieces of the team and of the game they're in? Why? Someone needs to answer to those kinds of things because it's getting ridiculous. Now, when we talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, shout out to my old English teacher, Mr. Beck. He left a comment on uh, on our website, theatlanticfiles.com, where we post all of our episodes. You can see them all there and all of our subscription links. But he left a comment that talked about refs and said, there are the respectable refs that come out and tell each team and each coach that what they're going to be calling today in a baseball example, if they're going to be calling, you know, the inside stuff, the outside stuff, the high, the low, they'll come out and say that they're going to say, hey, coach, I'm calling these things. Let your team know. And that it, that's that. They call it consistently. They call it for both sides. They let you know what they're about. And the game is going to move. Then there's the look at me refs is what he called them, which is a great name for them. The refs that want to be the center of attention. The Scott Fosters of the world. The ones that want to control the game their own way and want to make sure people know that they're there refing. The thing is, Nobody gives a fuck about that. As a ref, it is a thankless job. Don't get me wrong. However, the good refs don't go unknown. There are plenty of very good, especially professional refs, that people talk about time and time again. But the terrible refs are the ones that people literally can't stand. And the ones that are the look at me refs are the ones that nobody wants for their team. You have people in the playoffs talking about the ref crew because they're hoping not to get certain ones like Scott Foster or Tony brothers. Nobody wants them because they don't want their game derailed for somebody being in their emotions as a ref. You're there to call the rules and keep the game moving, keep it keep it uh, civil. And just like that, if you're doing your job correctly and being very good at your job, then you are essentially invisible. And I'd say that, like, you're obviously not going to be very invisible because, you know, sometimes you make a call that people disagree with. Sometimes you make a call that, you know, maybe shouldn't have been called. But there's another thing from the Pat McAfee show that I, I actually thoroughly agreed with. The They show clips of hockey refs and hockey players and how they talk shit to each other. But then they also will call things fair. If they, if they mess up, they'll, they'll be upfront about it and say, hey, it's a makeup call because I missed that last one. I would rather you... Be upfront about it, then just not call something or call something out of the blue and not even, you know, then something else happens later on down the game and you're like, oh, I'm not going to do a makeup this time. Like, it all comes back down to consistency is really what it is. And the fact that 
it feels as though none of these guys can be consistent is the most frustrating thing about it. But in, so that I don't start sounding like a broken record, I'm going to move on to Patrick Beverly. This is our uh, this is our last topic of the night. Um, Patrick Beverly ruffled a, a bit of feathers. Now, shout out the Pat Bev Pod with Roan. Those guys are awesome. They have a great podcast going. Great show, uh, fellas. Definitely appreciate you from this side. But they, uh, I should say, Pat Bev went on ESPN um, with the Kevin Hart broadcast and asked about Josh Gideon. For those who might not have seen it, let me bring that up. And I, and I, and I, and I, I got a daughter, and I like to call myself a girl dad. What you think about the Josh Gideon situation? Uh oh. Uh, fellas, <laughs> I mean, nobody wanted to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Nobody wanted to touch that question. And I'm sorry for the video quality, but the, the only one I could find that hasn't been taken down was someone's home recording. I, I'm sorry I forget what account I got that from. So I'm sorry that I didn't give you credit there, but that's the only thing I could find. Um, but they did go on to say, like, oh, well, I saw that so-and-so, that the uh, girl's family is refusing to cooperate with the authorities and things like that. And Pat Bev is like, yeah, I read that, too, but I'm asking your opinion. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to hear you reiterate what has already been reported. He's asking a question because he wants to get your actual opinion on things. And he knows that those guys are girl dads. And he knows damn well that if they weren't on TV, they would say, oh, if that happened with my daughter, I'm probably going to beat the fuck out of that guy. I can probably ask Dennis right now, and he would probably say the same damn thing. And I just, you know, there needs to be more honest things out there. Now, again, this is all alleged because nothing has officially been no charges have officially been pressed none of that kind of stuff on josh giddy and all that kind of all those kind of things so obviously you are always innocent until proven guilty and there are reports talking about how he was 18 and she was 17 so it was just like in within that age range but when it comes to these types of things being talked about on air you know i Cancel culture was very strong. It can be strong for certain things now these days, but there is a big type of cancel cancel culture. And I don't even like using the term cancel culture because it just sounds corny and dumb. Um, but I think that the big thing is we just need more honesty in terms of media questions and things of that things in that realm. There needs to be like the, the, the reason I enjoy the Pat Bev podcast is because both of those guys come on there and they just speak their mind and their opinions and their, they don't have a filter. The only filter they have is when Pat Bev specifically gets told something that he can't say without getting fined because he's still in the NBA. But I have a feeling that once he's done playing, he'll perfectly he'll be perfectly fine with talking about any damn thing he he damn well pleases. 
just like I mean, we've seen with all the smoke. Um, those guys will, will say pretty much anything they want to say. Uh, just like we've seen with the, uh, I forget the name of it, but Kevin Garnett's podcast with Paul Pierce and all of them, uh, Gilbert Arena's podcast. Those guys are all unfiltered and they will say whatever they want. And that's the kind of thing, to a degree, to a degree. Obviously, there's things, you know, that can be really out of pocket. I don't want, you know, people talking about racist things or, you know, stuff like that. But I do think that sometimes you should be you should get uncomfortable questions and be able to be honest on the air the same way that pat bev asked that question i think that's the type of thing that should be allowed to be asked sometimes you want to know people's opinions on actual hard-hitting topics instead of just like hey man uh what do you think of uh Zion only scoring 12 points tonight. Like, yes, there's a time and place for everything, but I think that it's a current event. They're broadcasting a basketball game. And to be honest, if if we're being real honest, Pat Bev bringing that up in that situation with the in-season tournament championship and all that kind of stuff, if you have those types of conversations, I bet you it's going to bring in more viewers. I bet you it's going to bring, excuse me, it's going to bring in the people who don't want, you know, they don't want the politics and all that kind of stuff. If you actually have guys speaking their mind and doing things like that and being able to freely express their opinions on things that are right, wrong, um, or, or in that ilk, then you probably will get some more viewers. The, the reason a lot of these podcasts get viewers is because they can curse, they can speak their minds, they can do all that kind of stuff. And then if you don't agree with it, you don't have to tune into the podcast. But take a look at all those podcasts and all those people that tune in and all the people that love them and all the people that become fans of these guys just because they are able to talk about the things they want to talk about. If you put that into a broadcast, Imagine if you could just have Doc Rivers talk, like at least talk some shit on the people that talked shit on him when he was a coach. There would be a lot of people that would enjoy that, whether they hate him or like him. There would be a lot of people that enjoyed that. And I just want to give a shout out to Pat Bev because I think it's a great question, especially when you have people on there that you know have daughters. It's a it's a different question from a dad's point of view than it would be from a uh, 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 even a girl's point of view, a guy's point of view that maybe doesn't have kids, a guy's point of view that maybe has a sister. Everyone has a different point of view, and I think that asking that question is completely fair. Um, and I also just want to give a shout out to him because this man just cracks Miller lights and Bud lights and stuff at the end of the game like this. How are we going? <laughs> Like, that's a legend right there. That's a legend. <laughs> but that is it here this week for me and for the Atlantic Files. Like I talked about before, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe below. Hit the bell for notifications. It lets you know when we go live. We usually go live every Tuesday night, usually around 7 p.m. Eastern. Had a Wednesday one this week, but 
you know, Dennis, Mike, they'll be back soon. Uh, if you don't watch on YouTube and you like to get your podcast other places, we are everywhere. You get your podcast is Spotify, um, Apple, Google, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check those out as well. Please rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend. It helps us out a lot. We are trying to get some more um, guests on here. There's going to be a lot of people from the NBA Threads community that I'm in talks with to get on the show as well. So we'll have some of them. And we're always good. We're always down to get some people on here to talk some basketball with us. So we appreciate everyone tuning in. We appreciate everyone watching and sharing these episodes. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace.